And welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. I am your host, Coach Donnie Hess, here back, as always, with my faithful co-host, Mr. Brad Croston. Brad, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Donnie. It was a pretty hard day at work today, but got a little bit of a nap in, so we're feeling nice and refreshed, getting ready to talk some sports and get ready for the weekend. All righty, let's jump right in to our game plan and into some fun this particular episode. We go to football. We've got the first round of all the semifinals of the Champions League, Europa and Europa Conference, some very interesting results. We will go over those, what we think and how we think the second games will go. We look at it. We have a champion. Our our Mr. Our, our great, great co-host is very happy with his European side. We will discuss that very soon. Some of the things and kind of a rant when it comes to his domestic side in football. We talk NH, We talk NHL playoffs. The playoff matches are set. The first games will start this Monday. What we think about it, who should advance into the, through these first round matchups, and who we think is the, is the cup favorite going into the first day of the playoffs. And the AFL round six is over. What are our reactions to it? We will preview round seven and tip it end to end. As always, with Brad's crazy stat of the week, sir, let's jump right in head first into Champions League football. The semifinal first legs is over, and we had two completely different games when it comes to it. Let's go with what some would call the boring game. I wouldn't call it a boring game, and that's Liverpool getting a 2-0 win over Villarreal, scoring two goals in three minutes in the second half to really take a stranglehold in this tie, going back to Portugal for the second, going back to Spain to the second leg. And the other one, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, what insanity we had at the Etihad Stadium 4 3. Manchester City wins the game. But boy, was this an absolute insane game of football! Yeah, it was incredible. And I think that watching that City Real Madrid game was just something that you, you kind of had to, to see it to believe it. And it was just unbelievable. And it, it was just incredible to watch two great managers of the game in Guardiola and Ancelotti going at it against each other and seeing two incredible sides that have been put together meticulously over the course of many, many years, finally get to clash in on, on a European night. And it was really incredible to see that you, you can score four goals in a Champions League semifinal in one leg, and you're still not considered to be a true, a true favorite heading into the second leg. I mean, Manchester City could have probably had six or seven or eight goals in this tie if it was if it wasn't for some shoddy finishing at some points in that in that first half. And I gotta say, for Real Madrid, it was incredible to see them bounce back and continue to be resilient even after going down two one. Going down 2-0, then getting a goal, 3-1, and then 4-2. They were able to get goals after all of that and make it so that they could get back into the game. So we had a really interesting second leg coming at the, up at the Bernabeu for that one. And then the other one was really amazing, too. I mean, you, you have to tip your hat to, to Liverpool for just being able to finally crack the code that is the Villarreal defense, getting those two goals, getting the own goal from Estupinan, and then Mane getting his just a couple of moments later and finally putting a couple of cracks in that Villarreal wall in cracking the yellow submarine. But I think it shows that Villarreal are definitely as good as advertised. They are 
definitely made up of a great group of players with a good coach in Unai Emery in a good situation there in Spain. And they're going to have the home crowd in the second leg. It's going to be absolutely buzzing there at, at Villarreal's home stadium, and it's going to be a great atmosphere to play in. So Liverpool definitely have to show up in the second leg to make sure that they finish out the job and book themselves a date in Paris in May. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very, very interesting. Really quickly, are, are your tips going to change? Are you going to see a, an all-England final of Liverpool and Man City, or do you see Real Madrid back at the Bernabeu find a way to knock out City? At time after time again this year, I've been impressed and amazed by Karim Benzema. And now I, I do believe that the one goal deficit is going to be enough for Real Madrid to overcome. I, I think it's going to be a 3-1 result for Real Madrid after extra time and a Benzema winner in extra time will put Real Madrid through. And I think that Liverpool will have enough to get over the line against Villarreal. I think that's going to be a 1-1 in Spain. So I'm going to have Real Madrid versus Liverpool final for now. All right. I have, a, I, I just, I, I think Man City's got enough to be able to get to the final. I think we're going to see another all English final. I think, Liverpool win another 2-1, two, 2-0 two two game, even in Spain. And I think Real Madrid gets it to extra time. I think they get one, even it up. And I think Man City wins it 1-1 in all in the extra time period. Let's jump to Europa League, where, again, some cracking two games. Let's, let's start off with the one in Germany is Leipzig get a one nil win over Rangers in a game that was very back and forth, but Rangers has got to be thanking their lucky stars because this could have been two or three nil Leipzig, but some ill-fated finishing really kept the Glaswegian side still in this tie going back to Glasgow early this next week. Yeah, it, it was a really interesting one. I think that I, a lot of people thought, especially early on in this competition, that Rangers wasn't going to be able to, have the firepower to go this far, but they've gotten to this point and they're still fighting. I mean, they, they really could have ended up getting the, getting at least a draw out of this if they had been able to hold on, but a great finish by Angelino getting the, getting the goal for Leipzig to get a one nil. But I think there's still all to play for. And the Ibrox crowd is going to be incredible back in Glasgow and it's going to be all to play for there. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see how they handle it because they have a big Glasgow Derby this weekend against Celtic on Sunday and then this game. So an interesting three game set for this Rangers team. So really be interesting to see how G, G coach Van Bronck, how manager Van Bronckhorst handles these next two, two games back to the other tie into it. As again, Frankfurt continues this great run going to the London stadium and beating West Ham two to one. They get to go back to Frankfurt up to one. Is it, it does it feel like Frankfurt is a destiny team because they just find ways to win games of football? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, and I don't think that that's even saying that the teams they're playing are bad or that they're just getting lucky. I mean, they're really playing solid football right now. And credit to West Ham, too. I mean, this game was just an incredible watch. I think it was going back and forth the whole time. Antonio getting the equalizer off of the Knopf goal early in the first half. And Daichi Kamada played a fantastic game, the Japanese international Frontrack Frankfurt. And it was amazing listening to the game on the TV and hearing the Eintracht Frankfurt fans in the away end of London Stadium pretty much the whole time. I mean, you, you can kind of make the cliche argument that the English fans are, are more quiet when it comes to club football. But it, it definitely seemed like there was just so much more Eintracht fans there and that they were always chanting, always making noise, bringing the pyro out 
and getting a lot of energy for their side. And it's going to be really interesting to see it back at the Calmers Bank Arena in Frankfurt and seeing if Eintracht can pull it off and get themselves into Europa League final. All right, real quick, real quick, one game left. Do we see an all-German final, or do we see either West Ham or Rangers finding a way to get the upset and get themselves on to that finale? I see a 1-1 at, at Ibrox. I think that's going to get Leipzig through barely. I think it's going to be a very, very tough fight. I think Rangers are going to take it to them early, get a goal, and a second-half goal is going to help Leipzig get over the line. And then I think that Eintracht Frankfurt's going to win 2-1 again. I think they have just enough to get over the line, and I think we're going to get an all-German final here. I'm, I'm having a hard time disagreeing with you. The only thing that kind of makes me think like it might not is the fact that Rangers did play so well in that second matchup back at home in, in, the, in that last tie against Braga, so we'll, ha- we'll have to see. But I think Rangers has got to score early. They've got to keep the fans at Ibrooks in in the game, because if they don't, if Leipzig can get the first one, make it two nil, I think it's very, very difficult for the Glaswegian side to get three goals, let alone two uh, in this tie. So I, I agree with you. I think in the long run, I do see an all German final, which would be quite a, a great little accomplishment for the Bundesliga to get two teams into the Europa League, guaranteeing one of them a chance into the Champions League next year. We jump down to the Europa Conference where two. Very interesting matchups here. Let's start off at the one in England. Leicester City Roma play to a one-one draw at Leicester. I, I look at I look at this tie and I go, do we give advantage Roma going home, or has Leicester been able to get this down to a 90-minute game where all they need is one and a shutout to get themselves to another final? This is a tough one. I, I think it's so even right now. I mean, Mourinho's side looked really, really good for a lot of that game but Leicester just found a way to get themselves at least a draw out of this game. So I think that going forward, I might have advantage Leicester here. I mean, it's so tough to, to doubt Roma at Stadio Olimpico, but I do think that Leicester has got that magic spark, you know, and I think Brendan Rogers maybe hasn't done as well in the league this year as he would have wanted, but I think this side is really focused and dedicated on the Europa conference league. They managed to get Jamie Vardy back for this game, so that's going to add a whole different dimension to the Leicester attack with T. Lamont's Madison, Dewsbury Hall, all Brighton, and all those guys going forward. So I'm thinking that Leicester is going to end up having just enough. I think that one might end up going to a penalty shootout that Leicester will end up getting it done eventually. Yeah, that would be fascinating. And the other one, we start off in 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 the Dutch, in, in Feyenoord, where they get a big 3-2 win. But man, this was a crazy goal fest. 3 2 Feyenoord. Now we're going back to France, going to Marseille. Does Marseille feel a little bit of confidence? They got two goals on the road. They need one to even this draw out and two to get the lead. Or can Feyenoord hold on enough, even on the road at Marseille, to get themselves to get themselves to a final? Yeah, I think this is a tough one. I think that if Marseille had played a little bit better in the first 20 minutes of the game, that they wouldn't have ended up with a 3 2 loss. I think that they may have been able to at the very least, get a draw out of this game. Uh, the atmosphere definitely helped out Feyenoord being in, Amst- in Rotterdam was a really good atmosphere for Feyenoord. But I, I think that going back to France, it's really going to help out Marseille. I think they've got plenty of firepower, especially with Dimitri Payet on the wing. I think he's just such an electric playmaker, and he's been waiting for a long time to get himself into a position where he's in a big match again. I remember 
watching him back in the Euro 2016. I mean, he was just such an electric player for France that tournament and lighting it up for West Ham at club level too. He had kind of fallen off for a little while, but he's really experienced a bit of a renaissance with Marseille. So I'm thinking a 2-0 for Marseille to get it to 4-3. I think we're going to see Marseille versus Leicester in the Conference League final. That'll be quite interesting. I agree with you. I think we see Leicester, Leicester City and Marseille in the final. I think Marseille going home. I think they get a, I think they get a big 2-0 win back at home, having those crazy Marseille fans. I think Leicester City just does enough to get themselves on. So we jump from European football to domestic football. And sir, I'm going to let you have the microphone. How happy are you? Your beloved Bayern Munich got the win over Borussia Dortmund over the weekend. And thus guaranteeing another Bundesliga title. Ten in a row, and they all still feel so good, Donnie. I mean, it, it, it's going to sound like, oh, it's just a stuck-up Bayern fan, just winning league after league after league. Oh, he doesn't care about it. It's like, it's it, that's very untrue. I mean, it, to win the league of any league anywhere in the world is an incredible accomplishment. I mean, it takes week after week dedicating to your craft, to maintaining your body, to maintaining your fitness, and to, make, to be able to go out week after week and produce at that level is just incredible. And for them to do it year after year with several different managers, with Heinkes, with, with, uh, with Guardiola, Ancelotti, Kovac, all these different people, it, it's been remarkable to see the way that they've been able to develop over the last 10 years and be able to continue to be at the top of German football. Uh, I think that Dortmund were a great challenge again this year, but I think that Bayern is just – that a little bit better and I'm going to give myself another extra pat on the back I went ahead and called the exact result right I said 3-1 on the pod last week and what was the result 3-1 so I, I'm going to take a little humble brag there and give myself a couple bonus points for that but I'm really interested to see the rest of this European fight as the rest of the year goes on I mean Dortmund right now are in prime position to clinch a Champions League spot with a point tomorrow and then Leverkusen Freiburg Union and Köln right now are the main candidates to get those last couple of European spots with the fifth place team getting into Europa and sixth place team into conference. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of it plays out. And then the relegation fight, uh, that's going to be interesting as well. Groyce Fürth, who have already been relegated from the Bundesliga after the season, actually managed a point today against Union, which is a bit of a shock to the system of Union after the run that they had been on. But now we get to watch Bielefeld, Stuttgart, Hertha, and Augsburg battle it out to see who will drop down with Fürth and who will play in the playoff. That'll be quite interesting to see. And for once the championship is done, then you start looking at all the other parts of the competition to see who goes where. Let's jump just a little bit south from Germany to Italy to where we go from one title has been hand out to a title race that is still very much up for grabs, but unfortunately, one of our competitors in the champions for the championship of the Scudetto in Italy has fallen as Napoli is now five points back of Inter in third. So here it is, sir. Two-point lead for Milan. Four games still left. Can they hold it? Or is Inter in the driver's seat, though they are two points back, but no games in hand anymore? Inter has completely opened the door wide open. They had a they had a horrible result midweek, a 2-1 loss away to Bologna, and it was a stand-in keeper for them. And he kind of committed a howler. He, he messed up in goal and led to Bologna's second goal. So that has completely 
thrown it wide open for AC Milan to potentially win out and win the Scudetto. Uh, it, it is, I think, going to come down to the two Milan teams now. I do think that Napoli's chances are officially over. Uh, their Champions League chances are still just fine. They should be able to clinch here pretty soon. Roma has fallen back of Juve, so the top four look to be fairly set. But yeah, like I was saying, going forward, it's going to be very hard to see this EC Milan team dropping points. I mean, if we take a look at their last four games, they got Fiorentina at San Siro, Hellas Verona away, Atalanta at the San Siro, and Sassuolo away to end the season. So the big challenge out of those is going to be Atalanta at home, and then Sassuolo away is not going to be an easy one either. But I do think that given the way that they've been playing this year and given the healthy, healthy status of most of their players, I mean, I, I don't see AC Milan losing the league now. I think that I think that a, I think that Inter have completely thrown the door open for them. And I think that AC Milan are definitely going to be more than willing to take that and run at, per se. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it all shapes out. Yeah, it'll be quite interesting. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that and glad to see a big five league still up in with a chance for the ending. Let's go to the other big five league that is still up for grabs. And that is England as again, kind of holding serve for both teams, both Liverpool and Manchester city, both get wins this weekend. So I asked this, I asked this question, sir, are we looking at the English Premier League coming down to the last possible game of the season? Or do we see a stumble by one of these two teams going into these next few rounds? It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down to whether or not Liverpool can get past Tottenham and Aston Villa in the Premier League. Those are their next two games. Tottenham at home will be an interesting one. And then Villa away. I mean, it would be insane to think of a possibility of a Steven Gerrard managed Aston Villa side potentially eliminating Liverpool from Premier League title contention if they beat them. And that that would be an incredible storyline. But I think that it is going to come down to the final day. I mean, it's going to be hard to see either of Manchester City or Liverpool dropping points. If we take a look at the remaining schedule for Manchester City, they have leads today. They have leads tomorrow. And the one that I'm really looking forward to is the away match, the second to last game of the season away to West Ham at the London stadium and then finishing off with Aston Villa at home. So I, I, I would still say that Manchester city are probably in the driver's seat. And especially if they get eliminated from the champions league on the, this upcoming week, I think that's just going to drive them even more to make sure that they finish off the league season and get the title wrapped up in England. So Another one that's really, really mouthwatering to see what happens here. Yeah, I cannot wait. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to the last week. Both these games, I, I think they both have a couple of potential slip ups. I think Leeds. Leeds is not the team that I think they use, but going on the road to Leeds, that's not going to be easy. Newcastle is playing better. Wolves. So I, I, I'm not sitting here saying Manchester City has a as a cakewalk. I still think they've got some difficult games. But in the long run, I agree with you. I just think Liverpool's road is much, much more potholy with, with the chance of them stumbling. So Spain, unfortunately, is kind of it's it's over when it comes to the championship. Unfortunately, Betis did not have a good weekend. So we're not we're going to we're going to go over. Let's come back here to the States. Brad, I, I've been seeing the steam off your head since before we started this. You, 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 I'll let you go to this MLS recap because I know you are not happy right now. I will let you get this off. I've had my soapbox moments. Here's your soapbox. Please have fun. 
Well, the soapbox that Donnie is referring to is my beloved sporting Kansas City are having an injury crisis. And before the, before the season started, it was announced that Alan Polito had to have a operation on his knee that would rule him out for the season. And for those of you who don't know, Alan Polito is sporting Kansas City's most expensive transfer ever. The It's most talented player you could probably say ever brought in. Uh, around $10 million to bring him in from Chivas in Mexico. So he's out for the season. And this this afternoon it was announced that Gadi Kinda, who is our second most expensive player ever, second highest transfer fee, second designated player, is also out for the season having a similar knee operation to clear up a similar problem that was not properly dealt with uh, when it first arose. And I, I can't even begin to express how annoyed I am at the physio staff at Sporting Kansas City of how if they needed to have some sort of long rehab knee operation that they could have decided before the season to do it then to at the very least give them possibly the potential to come back at the end of the season. And it's just so annoying that they have taken away a year of both of these guys' primes, and now Sporting Kansas City cannot sign designated players in their place. They they cannot get a majority. They, they can get a little bit of salary relief, and they can open up a roster spot, but that's it. I mean, they, they are really they're, – they're pretty much screwed. I mean, you can kind of chalk this season up as a loss for for sporting kansas city and it's really unfortunate because they've made the playoffs 10 out of the last 11 seasons and have been the pillar of consistency when it comes to teams in in major league soccer and being able to consistently be toward the top of the table and it is it is really sad it's really unfortunate for Gotti kingdom and alapolito both i hope that they both recover fully and are able to get back to their to the highest of their abilities but it's just so frustrating and just compounding everything uh, to start the season. Poor form by Daniel Shalloway, Johnny Russell. EC Montmarine is now out for four to six weeks after breaking his cheekbone and suffering a concussion in the, in the most recent game against Columbus Crew. Um, several other players just not playing well and compounding that with Polito and now Kinda both out for the season. So, it is not looking good in Kansas City. You can probably chalk the season up as a loss at this point, pretty much playing with house money at this point. If the, if Sporting Kansas City makes the playoffs now, I would be over the moon. I, I wouldn't be able to believe it until I would see it. But it's just one of those things where you, you know that things could have been managed differently, and the fact that they weren't has completely changed the entire outlook of your team and of your season and it's it's really frustrating and unfortunate just crazy there there now that we've had our kansas sporting kansas city absolute soapbox absolutely classic so i mean i i know it's going to be difficult for you to discuss but some of some of the fixtures over the weekend that kind of caught your eye in the mls what, what, what are we looking at here? Who, who's kind of putting themselves in, in a nice little run, even early in the season? Yeah, so we got a couple of decent ones. I, I like the Chicago Fire matching up against New York Red Bulls. I think that's a sneaky good matchup. The Colorado Rapids and Portland Timbers, both 
high rated teams from last year, kind of underperforming to start the year. Uh, both teams looking to kind of shake things into gear. Nashville SC opened the largest soccer specific stadium in the United States of America on Sunday at 3 p.m. against Philadelphia Union at the brand new Geotis Park in downtown Nashville. So that's going to be a very exciting one to watch. Nashville SC just extended the contracts of designated player Hani Mukhtar and U.S. Men's National defender Walker Zimmerman, who himself got a pay raise to the level of designated player. So Nashville is very much going to be looking forward to being able to play at home and extend their two biggest stars into the future. And then to cap it off, we're going to have a matchup on Sunday night between LAFC and Minnesota United on FS1. And midweek, Wednesday, May 4th, we will see the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final between Seattle Sounders and Pumas of Liga MX. The first leg was absolutely insane. A 2-2 matchup that saw three penalty kicks, three video reviews, and four combined goals. And Seattle Sounders are going to break the CONCACAF Champions League all-time single-game attendance record at this final with more than 61,000 fans expected at Lumen Field to watch Seattle Sounders hopefully become the very first team from Major League Soccer to win the CONCACAF Champions League. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Absolutely insane. Again, MLS picking up. Hopefully, once this domestic, once the domestic leagues in Europe get over with, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. Unfortunately, have just enough and haven't been able to. But again, some great, great action. So looking at it here, it's something we haven't talked about for a while, Brad. We got to talk some NHL. The playoffs are getting started. This is the time I absolutely love because things get even more crucial and, and really really quick before we before we talk playoffs our two teams are playing as we speak in, in a game that's very emotional at least for myself as as a buffalo sabers fan the the longtime caller 51 years rick generant is calling his last ever game so i am i'm hoping that we can get this podcast done enough we can catch the second half but Going into it, sir, we go to the we go to the, the the playoff matchups really quickly. Let's take a look at some of them right here. We'll start in the Eastern Conference where we see the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. Florida Panthers will take on the Washington Capitals with the winner of that game to take on Toronto and Tampa. Really quickly, Florida is playing well. Uh, Washington's had some injury issues. I think Florida is going to be able to get by that. And I'm going to tip Tampa over Toronto. I just think Tampa has more playoff experience. I, I'm going to take Tampa, Florida for an all Florida, at least Atlantic Coast championship. Boston then slips into Carolina with the New York Rangers and Pittsburgh on the other side. For me, if I'm Carolina, I don't like that matchup. Boston is a very good playoff team. They play very tough physical hockey. I think the Canes will win this one, but I think Boston is going to push them to the brink. And for me, I like the Rangers. The Rangers have played very, very good hockey all season. Their goaltending has been playing really, really well. So I'm going to tip the Rangers and Carolina to meet in the Metropolitan Final. Let's go out west where we see the almighty Colorado Avalanche will take on the Dallas Stars. And the winner of that series will play on the winner of the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues. Avalanche have been are just too good in this game. And I think we see a Colorado-Minnesota 
Central final in that little pod. We see Nashville going to play Calgary and Edmonton taking on the Kings. I think we see an all Canada final out of that. I think Calgary has just played really, really good hockey. I think it's an all Alberta Pacific title with Calgary and Edmonton getting on there really quickly. I'm not going to have you tip these matchups, just looking at the teams that have made it. Who's your cup favorite on each side, East, West? Yeah, I think for me, I think we got a lot of really interesting matchups here. I mean, that Tampa, well, Tampa-Toronto matchup is so interesting because you've got the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion in Tampa, and then you've got the, the Toronto Maple Leafs who have been the perennial team that's always been almost there, almost getting past the first round of the playoffs, almost getting a superstar player. Now they've got that superstar in Austin Matthews. He's become the first American-born player to score 60 goals in a season, and he's absolutely playing incredibly and I don't know. I think I really like both Florida and Colorado as my as my cup favorites, just being the one seeds. I mean, they've both just played incredible hockey, respectively. Uh, I think the teams to watch out for, though, I think are going to be Edmonton. I think Edmonton could be in for a run with Connor McDavid out there. And then something about this Toronto Maple Leafs team. I mean, uh, yes, they've they've had their struggles. We, we know that they've been kind of the the team to make fun of in the NHL, but they, I think they could be in for a bit of a run here. If they can, if they can keep up their red hot form with Austin Matthews, I think they could be in for a bit of a run and uh, they could definitely push Florida in a, in a really interesting series from, from North to South there. Uh, for me, Florida, Colorado, I mean, top two teams in the league, but then again, though, usually the president's trophy winner doesn't, Bogies are teams that are not in a top seed that I think could be a surprise. Watch Boston out of the Metropolitan. I think Boston played in a very, very difficult Atlantic division and still put up 107 points this year. I think Boston being in that Metropolitan division makes them very, very dangerous on that side of the bracket. And then the others, I'm I'm with you. But for me, it's it's not the two seed in the Pacific. It's the Minnesota Wild. They've been playing very, very good hockey. They've been playing better them in Colorado are always dynamite. So if those two see each other in the central region, central conference final, that'll be fantastic. I agree with you. Edmonton will be there, but don't sniff on Nashville. Nashville's another team that they're going to get in and they're, they're always tough. They're always play some good hockey. So the two wild card teams I see could potentially pose some struggles for their top seed is Nashville and the Boston Bruins. So we cannot wait for that. Playoffs start Monday. We cannot wait for that. We will be talking each of those series on the next episode of the podcast. Sir, we jump from Nashville. We jump from hockey. We jump to the AFL down to Aussie rules. Round six has come. It has gone really quickly. Let's review and what I would hard to say an insane round of footy. We start off in Canberra as the as the St. Kilda Saints beat the Giants 77-60, 17-point win. The shocker, I got to say this, I did not see this coming. Adelaide Crows go to Ballarat and get a one-point win over the hapless doggies who are just licking their wounds, shall we say. Port Adelaide gets the gets off the schneid, getting their first win of the season, knocking off the Eagles by 84 the Dockers with a big win over the Car- Carlton Blues, 97-62. The Cats hammer the hapless ruse, 121-61. The Lions do the same to the Suns, 132-80. The Ds in a little bit of a closer game than I was expecting, 76-54 over the Richmond Tigers. Um, 
one game we'll definitely talk about this a little bit later is the heart attack that the Swans gave us for at least the first three quarters of the game. But the Swans pull it off in the fourth quarter, getting a 41 point win, 109 68. And an absolute classic on Anzac Day as Collingwood gets a 93 82 win. Brad, sir, we've just went through the results. Tell me, what was the surprise game of the round? And then really quickly, how was your heart palpitating? Did you have heart palpitations going into that fourth quarter as the Swans were not playing well against the Hawks there late? Yeah, it was a little bit annoying watching the Swans. <laughs> I got to say it was a very uh, tough game and Hawthorne played really well, but credit to the Swannies for fighting back and getting the job done. Uh, two for me that really stood out were the Adelaide Crows getting a one point win over the Bulldogs. I mean, it, it's just kind of crazy to see that that the Bulldogs, especially like both this year and last year, I mean, they, they've sometimes lost games that they've got no business losing. And they, they've just found ways to lose games at some points, even in the midst of their greatness. And then the result, the, the Dockers beating the Blues in itself didn't necessarily shock me. I picked Carlton and didn't get that one right. But I think the fact that they beat them by 35 really showed just how good this Frio team is. And they're definitely going to be up for it this year. I think they're going to be a tough team to play against either at Optus or anywhere else in Australia. So I think that Frio beating Carlton by that much was definitely one of the shockers around for me. Definitely for sure. A very fun round of footy. So let's jump to this round of footy. One game has already been played. We'll discuss that next week in the podcast. So let's go to the second game. I got your tips. So I already kind of know how, know how you tweet, how you picked that first game. Let's go to the second game. The one that with a buddy of mine, we're going to be doing on Twitch Geelong at GMHBA stadium, hosting the Fremantle Dockers. Who do you see coming out with the chocolates in this tasty top of the table matchup between the cats and the docks? Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting matchup here. And I, I think the Geelong's going to end up winning the game. Uh, being at GMHBA is going to do them a world of good here, but I don't think that Frio is going to make this an easy game. I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, it's going to be a really fun one to watch. I think that the, the absence of Darcy and Tavener are going to be a little bit too much for the Dockers to overcome. I think they're going to keep it close. I think, uh, Andrew Brayshaw has been playing incredible to start the season for the Dockers, but I think the Geelong is just going to be a little bit too much for him. Yeah. And for me, I've got the cats just because I think a couple of injuries I think are really going to hurt the Dockers is that Sean Darcy, their big ruck is out in for with injury and Matt Tabiner, their, their goal kicking, their absolutely awesome goal kicking forward who has been absolutely electric these last few rounds is also out. I think that's going to hurt them. This game's going to be competitive, even with the injuries. I think Fremantle is playing really good footy, but I just think Jong's just going to have a little bit too much with the home cooking at GMHBA Stadium. Let's jump over to South Australia and the Adelaide Oval as the Adelaide Crows take on a hapless GWS Giants that are one and five and rumors of Leon Cameron on the way out. I've got the Crows winning this one. Normally, this is the game that terrifies me because this is the game that I think everybody tells GWS they can't win. They're not playing well. They're not playing. This is the game GWS finds a way to pull something out and win it. I'm going to tip Adelaide, but I am scared to death. GWS finds a way to nip this young athletic Adelaide Crows team. Yeah. I mean, it's a good addition for GWS to have Jesse Hogan back and a little bit tough for Adelaide to lose Rory Sloan to an ACL. But I do think that combined Adelaide is just going to be a little bit too much for the giants. I think that, like you said, Leon Cameron is not in a good spot right now as head coach of the giants. So he very well could be, hitting the road before the season is even over 
for GWS if this this keeps up. But I do think Adelaide's going to be just a tad too much for GWS. All right, let's jump to a very fun one at the Melbourne Cricket Ground as the D's fighting COVID have to take on the Hawthorne Hawks. No Keziah Pickett, no Luke Jackson, no no Petty. Does a weakened Demons team fall to the Hawks? Or, do the, or does the D's depth help them get another big win this season and keep them undefeated? Yeah, I think that uh, getting Lever, McDonald, and Viney back is going to help the Ds. I think that even with those losses, I think those ins are going to do them a world of good. Uh, being at the MCG is going to help them out too. I think that Granger Barras being out for the Hawthorne defense is not going to help them out either. I think that the Ds, they're, they're a team that finds ways to win, kind of like what I was talking about, the Bulldogs that have somehow found ways to lose games. Uh, Melbourne last week, let me let me just pull this up. But last week was definitely not their best performance, and they still managed to find a way to win that game. I mean, let's pull it up here. They they had nine goals to twenty two behinds, so they're kicking twenty two behinds, but they're still finding ways to win. I think that just goes to show the the talent and the will to win it within this ad, the this Melbourne Demons team. So I'll go the D's here, but I think Hawthorne's going to prove to be a very tough test. I'm also I'm also going to tip the D's. I just think the guys that they do have are so much talented, and this Hawks team is again they're still learning. I think there's still some growing to do on this young Hawks team. Um, hoping they get hoping that they at least play competitive. I'd love to see a good competitive game here. I just think the D's have a little too much. We jumped up to Kazali Stadium up in Kansas. St. Kilda hosts the Port Adelaide Power. I have the Saints winning this one, but this, like the Adelaide Crows one, I'm a little worried. I think Port's starting to kind of find it a little bit. The worry will be, does Alir Alir still play? I know he came up sore after the last game, and they've been playing much better. And the fact that Patty Ryder is back from his suspension, taking over for an injured Rowan Marshall. So I have St. Kilda winning this one, but I think this is a close game. I think Port really shows they're not as bad as they have been playing. Yeah, I think exactly what you were saying with Rowan Marshall going out, Patty Ryder coming back in. I think that if Patty Ryder wasn't available for St. Kilda, I might have been tempted to pick Port Adelaide here. But I do think that Port's still just trying to figure out what they're going to be doing for themselves this year. I think they're still very much on the, the downside looking up. But uh, I'm going to go St. Kilda in this one. I think it's going to be a close one. Yeah, it'll be classic. Let's jump down to Marvel Stadium as Carlton hosts the North Melbourne Ruse. Hey, the Ruse right now, unfortunately, are a giant dumpster fire. I just don't see it getting any better. Yes, Carlton is without pit net, but I just think Carlton just has too many weapons. Carlton over the Ruse for me in this one. Yeah, uh, I need my fantasy captain, Patty Cripps, to go with 50 disposals and 10 goals against this north side. That'd be great. Uh, I, I think that Carlton's going to get the job done. I think it's going to be fairly easy for him. All right, we jump over. Collingwood goes to the Melbourne as the Melbourne Cricket Ground hosts the Gold Coast Suns. Another one. This one kind of scares me a little bit. No Brody Grundy, a young Collingwood team, an experienced veteran Ruckman and, and Jared Witz who had a field day against Carlton against Tom DeConning. So am I a little I'm a little worried that that could potentially happen again. I'm gonna tip I'm gonna tip Collingwood in this one. But this one scares me. I think Gold Coast is in this in this one with a crack. Yeah, I think similar to you, I think it's going to be a tough one. I think the Gold Coast is going to make this tough, but I, I do think that Collingwood's going to get over the line here. Uh, I think that the the talent that they've got in that in that list is just going to be a little bit too much for them. 
All right. Two teams, unfortunately, both not playing good footy as at Marvel Stadium, Western Bulldogs, Essendon Bombers. Who do you think gets off the schneid of the not good footy and maybe writes themselves a little bit? Uh, I'm going to go with the dogs. I think that Dylan Shield getting uh, omitted from the match day squad for this one for Essendon. I think it's going to be a wake up call for him and maybe a little bit of a sign that going forward, he'll be motivated to play a little bit better. Uh, but I think that right now it's just going to be a little bit too much to overcome this really, really talented Western Bulldogs midfield. So I'm going to go with the dogs here. I think it's going to be a, a close one early, but I think the dogs will start to run away with it toward the end of the game. Yeah, I think the doggies just have a little too much. I just don't. I don't like the mojo of the Essendon Bombers as we speak. And the game both you and I will be very, very excited to see in a game that right now, Oh man, I, I I can't tell hides or hairs of this one. Sydney Swans at the SCG hosting the Brisbane Lions. This one is an absolute coin toss for most people. Even the tipping competition that I'm on online has it 56-44 for the Swans right now. Are you tipping the Swans here? Or are you reverse or you reverse psychologizing this tipping Brisbane, hoping that Sydney wins? I mean, I probably should reverse psychology it just to just to say that if I if I pick them, I, I didn't jinx them or anything. But I, I'm gonna go with the Swannies here. I, I think that they've got just enough to get over here. Uh, both teams are playing really well at the moment. It was a bit of a lousy start for Sydney in the last game, but uh, Papley is back in the squad. He'll probably be up in that full forward pocket to kind of get him reintegrated into into footy. But I, I do think that having Papley back in, that having that snap kick in the forward pocket and having that available, being able to kind of rotate the, the guys around to see how that works out. I think it's going to be good for them. I think it's going to be a really tough one. I think it's going to come down to the wire here, but I think that Sydney's just going to be able to pull this one out. All right. That'll be absolutely fascinating. Um, the interesting, just some Swans news, the fact that Will Gould potentially could be the Medi sub for this game. So the one guy that so many people in Swans land have been talking about wanting to see could potentially be there. We're hoping, but what we will, we will see. So that will do it for our AFL tips and previews. Here we go, sir. Brad's crazy stat of the week. What have you got for us today, Brad? Yeah, so I, I've been kind of keeping up with the NFL draft as we're going along with this. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Uh, my Minnesota Vikings were, set, were scheduled to pick with the second pick of the second round tonight, and they traded out of that spot. And guess who they traded the pick to, Donnie? Uh, <laughs> Green Bay. So they're, they're, they're just <laughs> handing out picks at the moment, but uh, it's it's that, that's slightly annoying. The, the interesting part is that uh, this is the very first time ever that no running backs or tight ends were selected in the first round of the NFL draft. Now, that being said, there has already been one pick tonight, and it is Iowa State's Brees Hall getting selected in with the fourth pick of the second round tonight by the New York Jets. So he's going to be joining up with Zach Wilson and Robert Sala in New York. So that's an interesting one. And we're we actually just got a second one off the board and Ken Walker, the third uh, from Michigan state going to the Seattle Seahawks. So we're going to be definitely keeping an eye on uh, where our Iowa, Iowa state, Oklahoma players end up and we'll have to see just how the rest of it shapes up. Yeah. It'll be fascinating. Again, it, you find it interesting that again, the, the New York jets organization draft an Iowa running uh, back from an Iowa university in a draft after the, after a, uh, 
Um, the Jets have actually had a really good draft so far. They've, they've done pretty well to start this draft off. Yeah, it'll be very, very, it'll be very, very interesting. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for our podcast today. A really quick chat, some sports. Again, we're getting to the pointy end for a lot in Europe. We're getting to the pointy end in hockey. We're getting to the pointy, getting towards the, the meat of the schedule in the AFL. So more and more sport to talk to. That's going to do for it. Brad, thank you again for joining me, sir. Definitely, and we're we're also getting further into into our uh, Australian rules football team here in Des Moines. We're also getting ready to start playing some games, so it's gonna be fun to get back out on the field and get to see how the boys do. And we're getting ready for a lot more stuff coming up in the world of sports. Cannot wait, cannot wait. That has been another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner, and we hopefully will again see you next week. <laughs>